0: Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Lori Spikes of Clinton, Mississippi. Lori and her husband serve with the International Mission Board as missionaries in Chile. She is a registered nurse with 40 years of experience in various settings. She currently serves as the executive director of Baptist Nursing Fellowship, a ministry partner with National Women's Missionary Union. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. We're delighted you're on this podcast. Lori, how did God lead you to be a missionary?
1: Well, actually, I was called to missions um, as a result of a Christian life camp. Um, i I grew up in Michigan, so it was uh, not Southern Baptist at the time, but I was fourteen years old and uh, God had a missionary speaker there and and even really tried to talk you out of making any kind of commitment he said you don 't you don 't goof around with God he said if you 're not serious about what you 're fixing to do, then you don 't do it and that even made it more um, important to me to make that commitment. So from 14 on to um, actually I was out of college. I had discovered that I could do journeyman, do that kind of nursing as well as be a missionary. And so when it got to be that age and I was still single, I was 23 at the time, when I went as a journeyman nurse to Honduras I really tried to talk God out of it, thinking, oh, I can wait till I have a husband. Can I wait and not leave the dating scene here in the United States? Um, But God said no. So that was my first call. And then on down the road when I met my husband, he had had a call. So we, we together in our 30s then went overseas as career missionaries. So you knew
0: both of you had your heart set on mission. There wasn't convincing one or the other.
1: Well, there was in a way, because my husband also was a journeyman in the same group that I was in. He went to South Korea. Um, but when he came back, he, we went to seminary. He felt called to ministry, but he wasn't sure that missions was what he really wanted to do for the rest of his life. He enjoyed being around missionaries, but he was afraid that that was just the missionary lifestyle and that he wasn't really being called by God. So it, it, it took a while for us to get to that same point together. And in, in my leaving the field when I left Honduras to come back, my deal with God was, you know, I hated every minute of this. It was terrible experience. But if you call me back, then I'm, I mean, if you provide the way for me to come back, then I, I give it over to you. So, well, what made the experience in the
0: Honduras so terrible?
1: Well, I'm a, I was a girl from Detroit, Michigan, had never been camping in my life. And my understanding of what the role was going to be is I was going to be doing day clinics out of the capital city. And when I got to the field, I found out that, no, um, you were going to be going out two weeks at a time with the family nurse practitioner that was there, the career missionary, where there's no running water, no latrines, No (laughs) anything. And I had never been camping. So um, two weeks every month out in the bush was a rather difficult time in a very tropical setting. It was the jungles across the northern part of Honduras. And I hated it. (laughs) But you're saying, Lord, if you want me back. Oh, I struggled. I struggled for nearly a year. And God's saying, I don't want to do this, God. I don't want to do this. This is terrible. I don't want to do this. And finally, when God came to the point, you know, when I came to the point and said, OK, God, you know, the desires of my heart. Psalm 37, four is one of my life verses. You know how you made me. You know, the desires of my heart. And so I I, I give it to you. So
0: I love it. So you're so you, you come back to the States. Was there
1: an exit class for the journeyman? How did they called know? it debriefing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. as you know, well, especially back in that time in the early 80s, the, the term was no leaning, which means you have to come away from the field the same way you do it. And they really discouraged any kind of fraternization with any. Yes. And so we just wrote back and forth. I mean, uh, the turnaround time from Honduras to Guzigalpa, Honduras to Seoul, or to really, he was in Taegu, uh, South Korea, was th- three weeks there and three weeks back.
0: So you're writing letters to him when you are both are journeymen.
1: When we both are journeymen. So you,
0: you kind of had the idea something might be up as journeymen just f- or just as friends? Just
1: as friends. Just as friends. But so, when he
0: came back and you came back and well, you went it was, to debriefing.
1: It was really when after I had given that to the Lord and said, this is up to you, God, you know. Then they really began to show some more interest. And so I actually because South Korea is about halfway around the world from where we are, he wanted to come back through Europe. They had gone through Hawaii and around that way, and there was a group, there were 10 journeymen in, in Korea at the time, and they wanted to come back and do Euro, you the know, Middle East and Europe. So I actually was able to finish up early and go meet them in Europe. So we actually did our month-long of dating in Europe um, before we went to debriefing in oh, Glorieta
0: wow. What happens? at the debriefing he's going he knows he's going to seminary
1: yes he knew he was going to seminary I located I had choice of anywhere in the world that I wanted that I could go to work because I'm a nurse and so I chose Baylor which is in Dallas yes being from Michigan but I decided I didn't want to go back to Michigan so um, I chose Baylor Dallas he was going to be in Fort Worth if it worked that was that was going to be close enough that it could make it work if it didn't you know we were far enough apart that we didn't have to run across <laughs> each other so that was where that, that kind of worked out but he proposed to me really quick like afterwards and so I only saw him twice from the time he proposed to the time we got married it was all the rest of it was still um, long distance. Even though you're living Fort Worth and Dallas? Um, right well he hadn't gotten there yet he oh, didn't start okay. school until after we were married. Okay, and so he so, proposed before you he got to school. Yeah, after he met my parents, he proposed. Oh, wow. What and a great so,
0: story. Yeah. So then you're married. Is he still in seminary when you get married?
1: Yes, he was just starting seminary. Okay. Thirteen days after we got married, he started seminary. Uh, uh, Pretty fortunate for him, he's got somebody that can work Yes, I he's got, got that wasn't that degree the put yes. Through degree. Yes, yes, I got I got that degree. <laughs>
0: so then he graduates seminary, you're married, and where does God send you?
1: We went to East Texas to a very small church in rural East Texas, mm-hmm. Deport, Texas, and we served as pastors there for he he was a pastor and I was pastor's wife for about two and a half, three years. Okay. And we thought it would take us a lot longer to you know, put the hoops up there what we need, where we need to get to before we would even consider missions. Mm-hmm. And God just really took that by, you know, control and in his hands. And um, we went to Glorietta a couple times during that time. Mm-hmm. And um, we really felt God calling us. He put the brakes on at one point and said no for health reasons of myself and my children. Um, it was a small rural farming town and, and Cotton, and they had a gin there and so the first time they ran the cotton gin several of us got sick and so then the next year we were put on hold with the imb and then the next year we just left town <laughs> during gin and, ginning season the carols and i did um, to avoid that that situation again but god is
0: working on your heart and he's your place is set
1: how did you get to chile well, it was, and those are all God stories. So we had initially thought we were interested in Eastern Europe, but the wall had not fallen yet. That was not available. Um, the, we had seen a job in Chile, but in that time that we were in the interim, it had come off the market. And so when we called and everything was approved that we could keep going again, um, we called them back and said, is that job from Chile still available? And the consultant said, you're not going to believe this, but it just came back available today. And so we were able to put our name on that one, and God continued to work and Chile and is very European in its flavor. It's very different from where I had been in Latin America, very different from where he had been in Korea. So it was a good mixture of new for all of, you know, for all of us. So we did language school in Costa Rica for a year mm-hmm. and then we did, we were actually in Chile almost 20 years.
0: Wow that is amazing. Let me ask you what were some of your greatest challenges as missionaries?
1: Well it's always you know difficult leaving your homeland and and so forth. We knew that we had been journeymen. We knew what that was like. Um just our, our car had turned itself into a box that was a computer, and that was in the early stages of computers being really, really, really expensive. Um, but this is the idea when we got to language school and you're on foot, there's no vehicles, um, trying to get the kids home from their preschool with the rains coming, and I ended up getting pregnant in Costa Rica, so I'm pregnant and trying to get a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old back before the rain strike those were some really difficult adjustment times and then right after we arrived in Chile my father passed away within the first week and so dealing with a pregnancy a new culture and the death of my father my you know that scale that they give you of (laughs) stress scale mine was was several of those did you think Lord
0: I question your timing I, I,
1: I just had it right in my heart I knew from the the times and the wrestles that I had had with God before, that this was what he had for me.
0: So whatever comes, yeah, you're yeah. going to weather it.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: What What were your job assignments there? What did you do? What did your days look like? Of course, as a young mother, your days looked different than right. uh, once Church you got and, two decades in.
1: Church and home was my assignment. I didn't go as a registered nurse um, because at that time they expected if you went in those kind of... Roles that you would begin eight hours a day, you know, at least 40 hours a week to your role, and so church and home worked better. In the beginning, it was just getting adjusted, learning the language, and mm-hmm. uh, mastering what it what a mop is called and what <laughs> all the different things that you do as a small mom. And then our kids were just starting kindergarten and pre-kinder at the time, and so they were able to get into a national Chilean school, so that really opened some doors for us to that others didn't have if they chose the Christian, or the missionary schools. Mm-hmm. It really provided a, a, an inroads for us to meet some other parents. But it was not until we returned after our first term that anybody would invite us into their home. They, they thought we were expats and we were just there a short time and it wasn't worth it to them to develop relationships. But when we came back after our first term and were there again, um so we're we, talking four
0: years it took them four years
1: well three years because a year in, a year in language school and then three years in chile yeah, yeah. before I mean three years of being in school and meeting yes. these parents but no one really inviting you into their home yeah when we came back after our our first furlough stateside assignment then relationships really began to to kick off and we began to get really involved in marriage encounter and working with couples in the in the school and and they could see in our life was different from their lives. And so it really gave us a, a platform to work from.
0: There's an argument for perseverance because <laughs> three years, that's a long time. It is. To make friends and with everything that was going on in your lives, you could have came back on that first date side and said, uh, i 'm not sure this is right for our family, but perseverance paid
1: off um, I, I think all the way through our career we we've seen that when my husband they call him, he has the what they call bulldog tenacity. Mm-hmm. You clamp down on something and you just don 't let go of it yeah. um, that 's kind of where where we were as a family. This is where God has for us, and the blessing is is that our children really did well they um, were young enough that they didn't know any different. Um, they learned when to speak Spanish to somebody and when to speak English and they never got it confused. It was amazing to see how they adjusted and they also learned that the area that we worked in was a very poor area in La Florida and how to get along with these kids that had nothing and to play soccer out in the in the street with them and yet the school they went to had a lot of influential people in it and they could They could be shoulder to shoulder with some of the kids of the presidents that were in the area, you know, the president and vice president and so forth. So God allowed them to just flourish and adjust. And that's one thing you worry about as a parent when you take your kids, my call is such, but did God call my my children as well? But is there adults now, all of them 30 something? Um, They wouldn't have changed it for anything. They would not have changed their life for anything, being bicultural. and
0: Well, I love the missionary characteristic of bulldoggedness. I've never heard Bulldog heard of tenacity. <laughs> Bull, <Yeah>. Bulldog tenacity. <laughs> yeah. So what other characteristics do missionaries need?
1: Um, I think they need to realize that um, God will provide all of their needs. Sometimes you look and say, well, I have to have this size car for my family, or I have to have this size house or I, I have to but God had took care of our needs mm-hmm. all the way and even to the point there were times when this again before internet and we would get um, a fax saying a donation had been given in our name for a hundred dollars to us and two days later I was into the doctor's office with uh, one of the children with a broken leg or whatever that cost me that exact amount of money that the donation had come in before I really even realized it, you know, so, um, God takes care of everything that you need and we never wanted for anything and not till this day. So when you look at yesterday, today, and forever, when you have to make choices and you, it's, God, is this what you want? But he's never failed in the past. He hasn't failed us to this point and he won't fail us in the future.
0: Amen. That is great. Well, what were some of your biggest victories? as you served in the field?
1: Um, I I think working with a lot of uh, couples and to see changes in their life, in the lives of their children, um, that was where God used us in so many different ways. One of the other things I think, and even to this day, we are still having emails come in from some of those same couples when COVID hit saying, can we get together like we used to? Can you give us some more teaching on, on different things? And this has been, we've been away from them nearly 10 years already, you know, 12 years. And so it's, it's amazing how God provided the people in our lives and so forth. Some of the other things is the family life, to have the children that were healthy for the most part. We had two incidences of, of cancer with our children but that the kids adjusted well back to the United States. And I I think that was all having to deal with giving them what they needed every day as far as daily Bible or prayer time in the morning before Mm -hmm. they went to school, um, providing, I was their Sunday school teacher for all the time that they knew. They never knew until they got back to the States here. House churches, we did a lot of that, and so the kids really found that church back here seemed kind of what they call light, L-I-T-E, in the sense that it just didn't have the depth that they were used to getting on the field. But um, I think God walking with us every step of the way through many crises, but He was there. We never doubted that.
0: Wow. Well, what are some lessons you learned from the mission
1: field? What did God teach you? it 's all about call he's he 's there with us we're we 're not on a pedestal, and we are um, make mistakes and others make mistakes and not everybody deals with situations the same way you know there 's conflict um, missionaries are not <laughs> they 're not any different than anybody else here in the states you know and so had he taught us how to deal with conflict with other colleagues he taught us how to um, really be sensitive to those that are around us. Um, and then, again, when, one time we, we, when we left Chile and went, we were in London for our last five and a half years. Um, in, that, in that time in between when we were bringing our youngest daughter back, we had a waiting game. You know, we were uh, here in the States to help her get into college, but then the change was coming. We were going to London, but visas didn't come through. And we waited, and we waited. Eight months, we waited on a visa. And finally, Jim got his visa, and this is to Spain, and uh, mine was denied. Mm. And didn't understand why, you know, God, this is what you want us to do, but why are we having to wait? And um, when that finally said, well, because of Europe has this Schengen Agreement, if we were denied in Spain, we were denied in every other European country, except the UK and Switzerland. So sent us on the path of getting visas for the UK, and God provided those visas in two days. We had waited eight months, and then when we changed, and then in two days we had visas in hand. So you thought you were going to Spain originally? We did. We did work with America People's Diaspora, which is the dispersion of of Latin Americans. And um, God said no. God had other plans. Yeah. Then you
0: retired from the International Mission Board and you transitioned back to the United States. And now you coordinate Baptist Nursing Fellowship. Tell me about that ministry.
1: Well, being a nurse, you know, I told you I went church and home. But God allowed me to use my nursing skills to receive teams um, coming from the states. We had some from Tennessee that came in there in the 90s. I worked with um, another colleague, Marilyn Graves, and we worked together well with um, providing clinics and education for some of the physicians and nurses but God always used my skills as nursing whether I didn't have the job as a nurse Um, when I came back when we came back after taking the early retirement um, allowed me to get back into Baptist Nursing Fellowship I mean I had been a member from afar being on the field but um, and then at that time Marilyn who had been a colleague of ours in Chile was the president of Baptist Nursing Fellowship and so she was able to you know, bring me in and ask me some questions and so forth. And God just gave Jim's responses. Lori gave up her career to go with me to the field. And now it's my job to support her in any way that I can. And so when they first approached me about being on the executive committee, he says, go for it, you know. And so even though we were new in a church here in the States, getting back our feet on the ground, but he has been very supportive all the way. And then when WMU changed directions, and we needed to provide our own uh, executive director. Um, this time, the BNF wanted it to be a nurse, and so um, I was approached by the, the committee, um, search committee, and uh, God just said, I, and I had some questions because I have an elderly mother, and I thought, God, how am I going to do this? I'm a pastor's wife now and i have an elderly mother that i'm taking care of she was living at with us at the time yeah. and how am i going to take on this job and god says i got this and i'm saying are you sure god you know you brought us back i need to take care of my mom. And i just felt like that that peace that small still small voice saying we got this and um so my mother you know in the first year that i was appointed it was hard my mother was living with us and then in 20 19 when Hurricane Dorian came uh, up the East Coast right at the same time that we were supposed to have the um, our annual meeting the week before that my mother had come down sick and before that meeting was ever canceled I was now at a point where I could not put her in a plane to be with my brother during those times he was taking her for three or four months and then I'd have her the majority of the time and he would take her again so um, after the the first week, my week before our annual meeting, my mother got sick, and I had to make a decision real quick. Like, and God even provided a assisted living for her at a time when there was just nothing available, and they had one that we could get her in before the annual meeting. Of course, then the annual meeting was canceled because of the hurricane. But my mother has now, as of this month, been in that assisted living for a, a year now, and it's working. Really well. Wonderful. God provides. He did.
0: I love how God has taken your two loves, nursing and missions, and combined them for this season in your life. Um, every experience you've had on every mission field has prepared you for this, this moment in time. What would you say to nurses who might be listening today who are not involved in Baptist Nursing Fellowship?
1: God called you into your field for a reason. You have a ministry to people every day. You touch their lives every day. And um, Baptist Nursing Fellowship is there to offer some camaraderie and to give you some support. And as you minister to your, to your patients, as you minister to your coworkers, and even provide some education. But the fellowship part of it is very important to have um, Relationship with other nurses that think like you do and have that call that you do as well.
0: Well, wonderful. Well, I'm so appreciative of you spending a few moments with us today to talk about your life experiences. I heard you say it's all about your call. Missionaries make mistakes like everyone else. Be sensitive to others. Wait patiently. But perhaps my favorite bulldog tenacity. <laughs> Lori, thank you for being willing to talk with us today on this episode of On the Journey Conversations. My pleasure. And thank you to those who are listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.